How many times have you said, we should have people over only to sigh and decide it's too much work? Well, Dee Dee Dalrymple is here today and the expert that helps you turn your best intentions into real life invitations that will help you welcome others into your home. Hi there. You're listening to Happy Hostess Podcast with Christy Lalonde. I'll be sharing episodes each week to help you entertain and welcome guests into your home without all the stress. There will be guest interviews with party planning and hospitality experts that share their secrets to becoming a confident hostess. So get comfortable as we find the joy in celebrating life's big and small moments. Hello, and welcome to the 16th episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. I'm thrilled to have Dee Dee Dalrymple here today as my guest. She's the author of Effortless Entertaining, a speaker, and host of the 30 Days to Effortless Entertaining Workshop. Well, I know that Effortless Entertaining sounds pretty good to me, so I can't wait to learn more. Dee Dee, I'm honored to have you as a guest today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Christy, for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. It's going to be fun today. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. All right. Well, like many women, I wear a lot of different hats. I'm a wife uh, to my husband, Ed. I'm the mother of three grown children, one of whom is married, and two are getting married this year. So it's a big, exciting year in our home. I'm a sister, a friend, community volunteer, and in this chapter of my life, I've had the opportunity to be an author, a speaker, and an entrepreneur. Before marriage, uh, I enjoyed a wonderful career with Jefferson Pilot Communications. It's a big broadcasting company, and I traveled extensively. I sold computer systems to other broadcast companies. Then I was fortunate enough to enjoy uh, over 20 years at home raising our children and being a volunteer in the community, in our church, and in our children's schools. It was just a really special time of life for me. And then, as I said before, for this chapter of my life, I'm enjoying a second career as an author and as a speaker uh, with my book and company, Effortless Entertaining. Now, how did you come up with that name, Effortless Entertaining? Well, I did not come up with that name. <laughs> a good friend <laughs> wasn't my idea at all. In fact, a good friend of ours, Bill Whitley, who I talk about in the book, uh, was having dinner at our home with us in the mountains, and he knew I was kind of sniffing around for something to do. Our children were grown, and um, and Bill said after dinner that night, he said, "I know what you need to do." He said, "You need to write a book." to help others do what you do so easily. And the name of the book should be Effortless Entertaining. Honestly, as I sit here with you, that's how it happened. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What a gift he gave you and all of us actually to encourage you to write this book because you were kind enough to send one to me a long time ago. And um, it really, the book is just like you described it. It's a really beautiful guide in, to entertaining and so thorough, but it doesn't have like extra fluff all over the place. Um, it's just very practical and useful on how to make entertaining like 
simple and fun again. <laughs> Thank you for saying that it that it's very practical and useful. When I started writing the book, I knew that I wanted it to be beautiful because I think women appreciate that. So I knew I, I knew I wanted the pages to to be beautiful. I knew I wanted the photography to be great. I'd, I'd sort of had that vision, but I really did want it to be useful. I wanted it to be that very practical guide in helping women entertain easily and graciously in their homes. Oh, that is a perfect description. Now, what do you think first drew you to your interest in cooking and entertaining? As we know, <laughs> the apple doesn't usually fall far from the tree. <laughs> and I grew up in a very large American Lebanese family. My sister and I could not believe when the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding came out. Remember that movie? Yes. We immediately got on the phone with each other and we said, oh my gosh, they made a movie about our family. (laughs) (laughs) And so so, um, I always say we are the Lebanese version of my big fat Greek family. Uh, We we just, we all lived in the same town. Well, many of us lived in the same town. We were together all the time. And when I'm, I'm saying 20 and 30 of us together at one time in each other's homes all the time with aunts and uncles and cousins. And and all of that time was loud and fun and lively and always, always centered around the table and these wonderful meals that were prepared by my grandmother, my aunts, my mother, and even later in life, my father and one of my uncles started cooking. And so I've just grown up in a family and in a home where our time was always shared with family and friends around the table. Well, that sounds so fun. That sounds it was like, a lot of fun. <laughs> I bet. Uh, we we miss a lot of that, I feel like, today. We don't tend to be with our extended family quite as much as we used to be. And I wish we could get some of that back. Well, I think you're absolutely right that we, I think our lives are so, you know, when we're raising our children, I I don't know about you, but I didn't grow, grow up going to soccer practice every afternoon. We right. were running around the neighborhood. And so we were constantly with friends, with family. We we do sort of have different lifestyles, it seems. And, and I also just think that with the you know, we have so many restaurant choices or country clubs or whatever. That's become an easier way maybe to get together. And I remember one night we were having friends for dinner and someone walked in and said, no one does this anymore. Oh, and I thought, you know, there's some truth to that. We don't gather in our homes like we used to. Maybe it's easier to get out to a restaurant than it is to um, gather in our homes. Right. That is true. But you're making it easier on people so by helping them figure out the strategies in order to be able to invite people back into their homes. Well, that that is exactly the purpose of effortless entertaining. It's not to help women or men, whoever, <laughs> entertain the way I do. It's about helping each person find a way that they find the ways that they want to entertain in their own homes that reflects their comfort, their style, what they enjoy doing. It's not about entertaining the way I do or the way your neighbor does or the way your mother did. 
<laughs> it's really about developing your own style and finding that rhythm. So it is easy and it feels effortless and it feels fun and you experience the joy. And I really mean that the joy of having people in your home there. I, you know, I don't really think there's anything like it. And the memories that we that we create in our homes when friends and family gather are, are really special. And the intimacy that we experience in our homes that we just simply cannot experience when we're in a crowded restaurant. Now, what do you feel like is the biggest obstacle that's holding people back from getting to experience this? Good question. Um, as you mentioned, I've, I've spoken to literally thousands of women across the Southeast. I've led numerous workshops and I have discovered that there are several obstacles I hear time and again. Uh, Some women love to cook, some don't. Some women love to cook, but don't like to set the table. Some people like to set the table, but don't like to cook. Some people worry about what to serve, who to invite, where to seat their guests. Am I going to get dinner out? All of the, you know, am I going to get everything out of the oven at the same time? And, you know, I mean, do I do a buffet? Do I serve? I mean, and the list goes on and on and on. And just when I think I've heard it all, I hear something new. But I've heard a lot of things that seem to trip people up and seem to be obstacles to feeling like entertaining is going to be easy and fun. But I think the underlying thread that I find affects everyone is this worry that I need to get everything just so, that everything needs to be perfect, that something won't go right, that that my party won't be as nice as so-and-so's party, uh, worrying about others' expectations, worrying about what people will think. And so I think this is the underlying thread. This is the biggest obstacle. And, um, and that's why in my book, the first thing I focus on is um, the first step to effortless entertaining is to embrace this concept that dinner with friends is not a performance. We're not staging a Broadway musical, (laughs) not a performance. It's a gift that we're giving to others. It's a gift of hospitality. And If we can embrace this, and I've seen it happen over and over with the women who have my book or who have attended my talks or my workshops, and if if we can embrace this belief and shift our mindset, then we shift from the burden and stress of putting on a performance to the joy of of giving a gift. And, And I've seen it time and again that this can truly make a difference in the way we approach entertaining in our homes. And we're no longer thinking about how we'll be judged or getting everything perfectly, but we're thinking about how we can, how we can make our guests feel welcomed. And it just, it's a game changer. Yes. The, the mindset shift really does change everything. Most importantly, it changes your attitude, which affects everything that you do, especially the way you make your guests feel welcome. Yes. Yes, it does. And I, and I promise you, I've had, so. I mean, I have, I have a spreadsheet full of the things that people have written to me where that mindset change has been the biggest part of their feeling excited about entertaining in their homes. 
Now, there are some other things that that effortless entertaining helps with, but that I think I always say, if you don't remember anything else, when I speak to a group of women, I always say, if you don't remember anything else I say today, I want you to remember this. It is not a performance, but it's a gift. Well, you've mentioned the first step to effortless entertaining. In your book, you actually have 10 steps to effortless entertaining. So please tell us a little bit more about a couple of them and how they help the hostess enjoy their own event. Um, Well, I would love to do that. I'd love to cover all 10, but we don't have time for that today. (laughs) Probably not. Um, No, probably not. So I'll choose a few. It's almost like having to choose your favorite child and you know we can't do that. So it's hard to choose my favorite steps, but I'll I'll give it a go. Um, So yes, we've talked about step number one. Dinner with friends is not a performance. It's a gift of hospitality. I also love step number two. Your friends are excited to be invited. And I I always like for when I speak to groups of women, uh, I like to get people to think for a moment about how you feel when someone invites you to their home for dinner. We're excited and we're honored. and, And so when we invite someone to our home for dinner or for any kind of gathering, we are giving them that gift of feeling excited and feeling honored. And the next thing that we can do, and this is part of step number two, is knowing that they're excited, let's also help them feel comfortable. So we all tell our guests the who, what, when, where. We tell them um, who we're, you know, we know who we're inviting. We know what we're inviting them to. We know where it's going to be. We know what time. But let's go a little bit further. Let's um, let's be super clear about what to wear. For example, uh, what is casual? <laughs> yes. What does casual mean to you? What does dressing mean to you? Do you want the men to wear a sports coat or not? Will we be inside or outside? Will we be on the lawn? You know, if, if Ed and I were walking up to a party one night and a, a young lady was walking up at the same time, and I just happened to know that this party was on the lawn and was going to be outside on their lawn. It hadn't been on the invitation, but I just knew it. But this young lady walking up with us obviously did not know it because she was wearing these gorgeous three-inch high heels. Right. I've been and there I thought before. she's. Yeah, well, she was. She spent the night aerating their lawn, right, with her three-inch high heels, and so that I know, I know, seriously, that could have been solved so easily by the hostess of that event. And so we just want to put our our guests at ease by giving them as much information as we possibly can. I like to tell our guests who else is going to be there. Now, I'm not talking about if we're hosting an event. For 100 people, I'm talking about if we're having a dinner party, I always let my guests know who else is going to be there. I ask if there are any dietary concerns. I really want to know that everyone can enjoy the dinner I'm planning to serve. And so I, I you know, I was planning to serve beef bourguignon to a group of guests recently, and someone was coming that I did not know very well. And so when I asked that question, I learned that she was a vegetarian no meat. I was planning to serve beef bourguignon. So I was able to deal with that in advance of putting a plate of beef bourguignon in front of her. Right. So so I just think there's a lot we can do. Place cards are another great way to create comfort. 
we don't want our guests to feel like they're back in fifth grade in the cafeteria looking for who they're going to sit with and who they want to sit beside or who wants them to sit beside them. You know, that whole awkward feeling. We all know it. So our guests really want to be told where to sit. And place cards are a great way to handle that in advance. You know your guests better than they know each other. So give that some thought. So if I'm having really over eight people, I usually use place cards. So comfort. Um, step number two, your guests, your friends are excited to be invited. Let's let's also create some comfort. Another step that I, that I um, love to spend some time on when I speak to groups of women is don't wait for the party to be ready for the party. And uh, this is all about making sure we have everything we need to entertain the way we want to entertain. Again, it's not about having everything we need to entertain the way our neighbor entertains or the way our mother entertained or the way I entertain. It's about finding your own style, your own rhythm and having everything you need and having that at the ready, having our spaces well organized. We take a deep, deep dive into this particular step during the workshop as we get the areas that we use for entertaining well equipped and well organized and it just makes a big difference that we don't have to run around the week or two before our party to buy everything we need, like candles or table linens or whatever else. We just we're well equipped to do whatever we want to do. And so then um, it makes it makes hosting a party that much easier. Well, step number nine is plan your work and work your plan. There are so, so many things that we can do ahead of time to prep and prepare for our party so that we would actually, what we want is we would like to have very little to do on the day of our party so that we're relaxed and rested and we're not frazzled. You know, we don't want to be chopping onions when our guest arrives. We can chop onions two days before our guests arrive. There is just a, there is so much in the book. All of the menus come with a game plan for the week of the party and the day of the party. And once you, you know, the game plans that are in the book help people get into that rhythm so that then when you are coming up with your own menu, you, you, you begin to think, well, what can I do on Monday? What can I do on Tuesday? What can I do on Wednesday? And honestly, once you start breaking down things, you find that there's a lot that can just be knocked out earlier in the week so that the day of your party is really easy and you go into your evening feeling relaxed and well-prepared. Well, that was a lot of good advice right there. <laughs> so, well, those are just a, those are just three of my ten steps. Oh, but three very important things for sure. Um, and you know, all of those things that you just said, I know, will help minimize stress for a party. But do you have any other tips for minimizing stress for the hostess? Well, it really, I mean, for me. I, you know, the 10 steps to effortless entertaining, I just live by those steps, every single one of them. And for me, they're like second nature. I can do a game plan for a party on a sticky note. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't need a spreadsheet. It's a, it's an easy exercise for me. And I think what I'm discovering with the women who have participated, especially in my workshop, is that's because those things are becoming second nature to them too. They're getting in that rhythm. And so 
I think anything we do a lot, the more we entertain, the more we get in that rhythm, the more we embrace some of these habits, or in my case, what I call the steps to effortless entertaining, the easier it gets, really and truly. It just it just comes with doing it and, and being more practiced and comfortable with it. Yes, practice really, there's just really no replacement for it. Right. Th- I mean, think about anything you do well. You know, I often use the the skiing. And I mean, I have friends who are expert snow skiers. And going down a double black diamond, while it requires energy and effort, it feels effortless to them. Right. It does not, not feel effortless to me. <laughs> right, right. You know, that's not something I'm practiced at. That's not something I have good equipment for. That's not something I do a lot. I mean, none of the none of the things needed to ski well are things I've done or do. And so for that reason, skiing does not feel easy and effortless for me. But I entertain a lot. And that's one of the reasons that it feels easy to me. Yes, and we can feel rest assured it will feel easy to a new person eventually. It just may not be the very yeah. first time. <laughs> exactly. But but you know, my my hope is that that effortless entertaining not only inspires others to want to gather the people they love in their home, but that it will truly equip them with, as you said, those practical steps and strategies to make it easy. Yes, absolutely. And if you're armed with the right information, you definitely are going to have a smoother time of it if you have. No doubt. No doubt. Do you have any other keys for an evening going smoothly? Um, I really don't. I mean, I could go on and on. I've written a 400-page book about this. <laughs> I lead workshops about this. So yes, there are things that I could say from you know, everything from setting the table a day or two in advance to, as I said, having everything organized and at the ready, you know, one of, so, so another thing, I mean, menus, I, women ask me about menus all the time. I always, t- two principles. One is plan a menu that does not require a lot of last minute attention. You know, where you're hovered over a stove or in and out of the oven for the last 30 minutes before you sit for dinner. Plan something that can really be prepped and maybe even prepared totally in advance and requires very little last minute attention um, so that you're at ease during during your party and you're enjoying your guests rather than your kitchen. (laughs) And to not, you know, I think there are a lot of things that we can serve at room temperature. So one of the one of the worries that I hear a lot is, how am I going to serve everything when it's still hot? Well, let's not plan to serve a menu where everything has to be popping, piping hot. There are really some things, some sides that can be served at room temperature. That makes sure that that's something you can prepare in advance. You can serve with great ease. Uh, when you're ready to sit for dinner. And so, I I mean, really, Christy, I could go on and on and this (laughs) podcast would last eight hours and seven hours. So um, there are lots of tips, lots of strategies. But as I always say, you know, the underlying one is to adopt this belief, to embrace this belief that we're, we're really inviting friends for fun and not, we're not putting on a performance. 
And that leads me to a question I like to ask all of my guests. What does hospitality really mean to you? It is simply the joy of gathering the people we love. And I often say the people we love, sometimes we're inviting people into our homes that we don't know as well. And that's fun too. A lot of times people say, well, how do you know who to invite? And sometimes I get all worried about who to put with them. I said, just go for it. You know, Ed and I constantly are mixing people up. We love to invite people we know well with people we know less well. That's a way for us all to make new friends and deepen friendships. And so, Hospitality is really just gathering and giving all of us the opportunity to get to know each other and to to deepen, as I said, to deepen friendships and enjoy being together. And I truly and firmly believe that when we do that in our homes, uh, there is a special quality. Uh, that we enjoy above and beyond what we do when we go out to dinner. That is true. It's not the same intimacy. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. So tell me the why for you when it comes to inviting your guests over. Why is that important? You know, I feel like our friendships and our family Well, those are just two of the most important things in life for us. I mean, our faith is our bedrock. And, you know, I I pray every day that for my children, that that will be their foundation too. And beyond our faith, family and friends are, they're just foundational, essential, life-giving. And so welcoming the people we love, welcoming family and friends into our homes is welcoming them into our hearts. Well, you know, you know the the saying home is where the heart is and and I truly believe that we are extending of you know the deepest part of ourselves. We're opening up the deepest part of ourselves when we when we invite people into our homes. And so I, I love the the warmth and as you said the intimacy that we experience when we're in our homes people can move around people can gather in smaller groups during uh, the cocktail hour or as i say the cocktail hour and a half <laughs> you know, I, I love i love when people kind of move from different little groups you know we were with a group of friends last night in fact and at one point i was speaking to a group of the men at another point i was speaking to a group of women, different different mix-ups at different points during that time before we sat for dinner. It's just more relaxed. It's more intimate, as you say. It's more fun. And really and truly, given the choice, nine out of 10 times, Ed and I are going to choose. When, when friends say, let's get together, we say, come on over, as opposed to let's go out. That's just always our choice. We just always feel like it's going to Um, mean more and be more fun. I agree. It really does make a difference. Now, as we know, things don't always go just as planned, even when we have really prepared. And that's true when entertaining as well. These times, though, can be some good stories. (laughs) So do you have any time that you'd be willing to share where things didn't go just as you planned? Well, how much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that maybe at every single 
party I've ever hosted, something did not go according to plan. Because if everything's perfect, that might mean I was too wound up and and I was paying more attention to the structure or the details than I was to my guests. So, um, yes, I have a long list of things that have not gone according to plan. Let's see. One night, I forgot to serve the mashed potatoes, just left those in the oven. They never came out. They just, just totally forgot the mashed potatoes <laughs> were in the oven. Recently, someone broke a wine glass right as we were sitting for dinner. So as we were saying the blessing, our helper was sweeping up glass in the dining room. Um, Several, many years ago, we were entertaining everyone in Ed's office and the sinks in the kitchen backed up right before our guests arrived. So the plumbers and our guests were arriving at the same time. Um, oh, gosh. I've forgotten all number of things on the table. One night I forgot napkins. Another, I've forgotten water glasses. I mean, you know, I forget things too. So, I mean, I've I tried to serve a new dessert one night, which I tell people don't do. Don't try something new. Right. Um, but I did it anyway. Ed said it was awful. Um, <laughs> Why, so, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. But anyway, I mean, I've got my own long list, but here is my word of um, wisdom on that. Expect the unexpected. I mean, oh, speaking of, I had someone bring an unexpected guest one night. I'm honestly, someone walked in with someone I was not expecting. I can't explain, yeah. but I just set another table, place at the table. Um, expect the unexpected. Know that something's going to go wrong. And if you're at ease, if you are at ease because you know things are going to happen, somebody's going to spill the red wine all over your white sofa. Yes. Um, and and let me just tell you, I was that person who spilled wine all over someone's white sofa. Oh, gosh. You, I was. I've done that. If you are at ease when those things go wrong, then you will put your guests at ease and the evening just keeps on rocking and rolling. That is true. That's very true. If anything, people get more relaxed when something Exa- goes wrong. You know, I think you're right, Christy. Yes, it puts everyone at ease. Now, what is the one piece of advice that you give the brand new hostess that is just on the verge of getting started? Yes. In fact, I've I've just did an in-person workshop with a group of 30-something-year-olds with new babies. And my advice to them and to anyone just getting started and really to everyone is keep it simple and be yourself. Do what's in your lane, in your comfort zone. You know, I think when we're true to ourselves and we're not trying to measure up to what we think we should be, it's easy, it's fun, it feels relaxed, we feel comfortable. Do the things you know. Invite close friends in the beginning and then begin to branch out from there. But embrace giving this gift have fun with it think about i mean think about how we feel when we're giving someone a present i know i get very excited i can barely wait until christmas morning to give our children their christmas gifts so i get really excited so i think if we think about oh my gosh i want to give this gift to my friends and to myself but keeping it simple keeping it true to ourselves, and knowing that we're giving this gift, those are all good principles to keep in mind when we're entertaining. I love that. Those are all good. And I just love the concept of the giving the gift, um, which I often think of it that way, but I never thought about it the way you said, when you are looking forward to giving the gift, you never think about 
like it's a burden or stressful when you're thinking about right. Christmas presents, you know, right. <laughs> looking forward to them opening it. So that is a great way to get the mind shift in your brain yeah. there. Now I have a few questions, a little speed round if you're ready. Okay. Oh, I love this. <laughs> First, what's your favorite candy? Oh, Milton Duds. Hmm. What foods do you hate? Oh, oh dear. Oh no. I mean, I don't love liver. Mm. Um, but boy, wow, Chrissy, I'm not sure there's anything I hate. I, oh. I'm I'm I mean, I'm I'm a big eater and I love everything. I've never had liver. It it doesn't seem like something I would like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy about it, but anyway, I have had it. Um, your teenage celebrity crush. Oh, teenage celebrity crush. Oh dear. Oh. You know, I'm not sure that I had a crush as much as we I just grew up in a big music family and love Motown. And, you know, from the time I, my brother was a good bit older than I and he is a very talented musician. And from the time that I can remember, I just cut my teeth on Motown. And so, you know, that just runs through my veins. So I'm not sure I ever really had a celebrity crush. I'm not really a celebrity. As my children laugh, I, I don't know a lot of celebrities. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely am running into that with my children. <laughs> I've never yeah, heard I'm, of some I'm, of the people they mention. <laughs> exactly. So it's really just sort of the the music thing. We just we're just at an early age. I was just a Motown girl. Favorite place that you've traveled? It's it would really be a toss up. I know I'm not giving you a single answer. This is so bad. That's okay. It's a toss up between Italy and France. For Ed and me, we love both those countries. And here in the States, we just, we have visited Napa often and we love it. Now, your all-time favorite cookbook, excluding yours, because I would consider yours a cookbook as well, but. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I love all the Anna Garten cookbooks. I really do. I think they are foolproof. I, I do think she may, I think she, she truly, I have heard her, you know, on Food Network or wherever, or I have read her books cover to cover. Um, that's what I do with cookbooks I love. She's right at the top of the list. She truly embraces this concept of entertaining easily and graciously. And I think her recipes reflect that. So across the board, every single one of her books is just fantastic. Now, I do have some others, and we can talk about those another time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or now, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll hear me mention those others from time to time. Oh, that's a good idea. Before we go, I know that after our chat today, people are going to want to know more about your workshops. You have one starting very soon, right? I do. We're, I'm doing one now that will end that we're in the third week of the current workshop. The workshops are all virtual. So people from all over the country are participating in the workshops. Participants receive those videos on 
um, at the beginning of the week, and then they do so they watch the videos, they do some work in their own home, some really fun assignments in their own homes that are really transformative. And then we do a live chat on Thursday. So we're in week three of the current workshop. I have two more, one starting at the end of February, one that'll start mm, towards the end of March. And then, Christy, I will be taking a break from doing the workshops. We go to the mountains in the summer, and I do have a daughter getting married in June. And so I'm really going to take a little bit of time just to be completely 100% devoted to all of that, to our time in the mountains and to her wedding. But yes, the all the information about the workshops is on my website, myeffortlessentertaining.com. And there's also a way to contact me. Um, on the website. So I'm happy to handle any inquiries or questions about the workshops. Now, what about on social media? Where could they find you? Yes. And on social media, you can find me at Effortless Entertaining, all one word, Effortless Entertaining. And same thing on Facebook, but it's two words on Facebook, Effortless Entertaining. So that's where you can find me on social media. And I also do a weekly newsletter called The Dish. If you go to my website, you can subscribe to that. It's free. And so I'd love for you to um, receive our newsletter each week. It usually has, it might have a recipe. It might have something to, uh, you know, some sort of tips on entertaining. Just has different things every week. And one other thing I will mention, we talked about the workshops, but I also, I am still speaking to groups of women and that information is also on the website. And that website is actually my effortless entertaining. Is that right? Yes, okay. that's correct. That's my effortless entertaining.com. Okay. All right. Well, yep. Didi, you've really made effortless entertaining seem like a goal we can actually achieve when we learn and put the steps into practice. No doubt that you have inspired so many new people to step out and welcome others into their home. Thank you again for joining us today. Thank you, Christy. I've loved being with you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Tuesday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week.